And welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, May 19th, 3.05 p.m. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, KHMG 88.1 FM. Right here in beautiful Barragata, Guam. It's a partly cloudy afternoon. The flags gently waving in the breeze. Cars coming through Carline right now. Maybe you are in Carline right now, listening to us on the radio dial, 88.1 FM. Half a day to you. School is almost out. Can I hear an amen from all the children and teachers? Can I hear an oh my from all the parents who are now trying to figure out what in the world are we going to do with our children throughout the summertime? I know how you feel. We do have a couple things that they can do here at Harvest, which maybe we'll talk about somewhere later on in the show. But glad to have you with us on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Another gorgeous day in the paradisical island of Guam. It's been a good week. Enjoy wrapping things up for the semester. Transitioning into summer mode here very shortly. Really enjoy that part of uh, being part of a multifaceted ministry like this. We get to have a little change of scenery, a little variety in our occupational life here at Harvest. Because of the ending of the school year and the beginning of the summer, summertime. Maybe it's the same for you. Some of you will be traveling this summer. If you do, but you are a huge fan of Live Till 5. You can always download the podcast and listen to them while you're on the plane. Looking for something to do? Download a few live till fives. Each one's two hours long. Download three of them. Before you know it, you're landing in Hawaii. Download another three. You're landing in Houston. Maybe one more. Get you back to, you know, Parsippany, New Jersey or Kankakee, Indiana, Illinois. Both. Maybe uh, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Sault Ste. Marie, Upper Peninsula, Michigan, Nashua, New Hampshire, wherever you're flying. Just download a few podcasts of Live Till 5 or some of the other great things that we produce here at Harvest Family Radio. Just go to khmg.org, and there are a number of different programs you can download there. Then you can take us with you in your summer travels. It's a great way to... uh, Spend your downtime listening to some good Bible-based programming and some lighthearted Live Till 5 as well. So many of you are going to be here on campus this evening for our Harvest Christian Academy graduation, our commencement exercises, and that's going to be the topic of the day is graduation and commencement. So we will be tying that in regularly throughout the show. 
But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun today. Going to have Lawrence Nangas with This Day in History and Sebastian Basildua with a little trivia game on our topic of the day. Chris Harper with the news and uh, participating all three, plus myself, in the What's in My Coffee segment. And then, of course, our Stranger Than Fiction, our idioms, our buck stops here quotes. And, of course, all the observances and holidays in the month of May, including but not limited to... This month of May is National Good Car Keeping Month. So it's a good weekend to have your older kids go out and wash your car for you. It's actually, tell them it's a celebration. It's actually a a holiday, and they need to go out and celebrate it and uh, maybe do a little wax job on the car as well. It's Hamburger Month as well. Hepatitis Awareness, High Blood Pressure Education, Inventors Month, Meditation Month, Mediterranean Diet Month. Mental Health Month, Military Appreciation, Moving Month, Osteoporosis Awareness and Prevention, Pet Month, Photo Month, Physical Fitness and Sports Month, and Preservation Month, to name a few. There are many more, which might talk about a few more next week. We are coming up on Emergency Medical Services Week, EMS Week, and right now, we're, we just started yesterday, Frog Jumping Jubilee Day in Calaveras County, California. Healthy and Safe Swimming Week is coming up uh, this weekend. International Coaching Week is wrapping up on Sunday. International Pickles Week is wrapping up tomorrow. Let's see here. Multiple Chemical Sensitivity Awareness Week is wrapping up tomorrow as well. National Bike Week is uh, starting on Sunday, National Dog Bite Prevention Week. If you're on your bike, you don't want to get bit by a dog as you ride by. That is also next week. National Morel Mushroom Festival uh, started two days ago, runs through Sunday as well, all across America where morel mushrooms can be found. Now, of course, this, this day, this actual day today, the 19th of May, is Boys Club Day. Endangered Species Day, National Bike to Work Day, NASCAR, National Pizza Party Day, and Devil's Food Cake Day. Now, people, these are days you can really get behind and celebrate wholeheartedly. We might be divided by political parties and sports teams and age and generation gaps and gender differences But we can all get behind National Devil's Food Cake Day and National Pizza Party Day. Tomorrow, Armed Forces, Duda Day, which is a salute to silliness. Eliza Doolittle Day. Remember Eliza Doolittle, the female character from the play by George Bernard Shaw, Pygmalion, which was turned into a musical, My Fair Lady. Uh, Most famous, of course, would be Audrey Hepburn playing that character, Eliza Doolittle. World Autoimmune Arthritis Day and World Metrology Day. Sunday, National Strawberries and Cream Day and Stewardship Day. Monday, National Vanilla Pudding Day and uh, National Maritime Day. Tuesday, International Turtle Day, National Taffy Day. Next Wednesday, Emergency Medical Services and National Escargot Day. You might need emergency medical services if you celebrate National Escargot Day too uh, heartily, eating too many snails there. And then, of course, the day after you eat a bunch of snails would be next Thursday, Eat More Fruits and Vegetable Day, the 25th of May, National Brown Baggot Day, 
and Towel Day. Who comes up with some of these days? I think it's the manufacturers of said products. And, uh, yeah, a lot of things happening. Of course, again, it's commencement day here at Harvest Christian Academy. If you are affiliated with Harvest Christian Academy, you might uh, be celebrating along with someone this weekend as they have their graduates. Many of the schools across the island are having their graduations this weekend. And I just want to mention also, if you ever missed this broadcast, we do rebroadcast live on Saturdays from noon to 2, Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. So you can catch us on the rebound on 88.1 FM or at any time, go to khmg.org and you can download the podcast of this show or listen live. Now we're going to take a short break for Harvest Highlights. When we come back, some Stranger Than Fiction idioms, the buck stops here this day in history, what's in my coffee, et cetera, et cetera. So stick around. This is live till 5. It's 3.13 p.m. on Friday, May 19th, if you're listening to the live broadcast. My name's Jared Baldwin. I'm your host. This is episode 216, and we'll be right back after this break. We're back with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's 3.18 p.m. on this Friday, May 19th. Commencement day here at Harvest Christian Academy. Congratulations to all of you graduates out there. John and Bill, Sarah, Susie, Martha, Brian, Bruno, Fred, Steve number one, Steve number two, Michael, Mike, Mikey, Mickey, Sarah, Sally, Wendy, Wanda, and Gertrude. Congratulations to all of you as I try to personally reach out to each one of you. Want to make sure that you know that you can always tune in to Live Till 5 every Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. here on KHMG 88.1. Or you can go to khmg.org. And you can download the podcast. Now, as we get into the show today, I just want to say it's been a great semester. As I look back, we've had a lot of fun. It's been uh, just, just a great time. And I just think that every Friday afternoon, our goal has been and continues to be Multi-faceted, including but not limited to entertaining you a little bit, educating you a little bit, edifying you a little bit, and overall just kind of building you up. We know there are a lot of things you could be doing on Friday afternoons, but we're trying to catch you if you're on your way somewhere. Maybe you're in the car. Maybe you're sitting at your desk at work. Maybe you're the type of person who turns on the radio at home. Maybe you tune in or listen to the podcast later on. We hope that this puts a smile on your face and gives you some good information. I also want to make a little shout out to all those kids that might be listening. We have a few super fans out there, including someone that told me they were listening and they thought it was funny. And those are two things 
that really put someone at the top of my list. So, Judah, thank you very much for the nice comments. I know you're listening right now, and Judah, you are a good fan, and I hope you like this show. We'll try and make it funny for you. Also, Devin, if you're out there, thanks for being a faithful listener. I know that uh, you were on the show before, and you kind of surprised us all with a few of your comments, but uh, that was hilarious, and we got a lot of good feedback about that. So, Judah, Devin, and others, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate uh, your patronage as you uh, tune in to Live Till 5. We do enjoy having listeners of all ages participating, young and old, men and women, children, adults, grandmas, grandchildren, everyone in between. Glad to have you on the show. Now, one of our, one of my, when I say our, I'm really talking about just myself, but one of my favorite segments, been doing this for a while now. It's called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many successful Americans. The idea taken from a book by the same name. Horace Martin Woodhouse wrote the book. I've expanded it a little bit beyond just little desk plaques and wall plaques to include famous sayings. And sticking with the theme of commencement, Admiral William McCraven said this at the University of Texas at Austin's 2014 commencement. He said this, If you can't do the little things right, you will never do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, that you made. And a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. That's the commencement address at University of Texas, Austin, 2014 by Admiral William McCraven. And we'll be talking about some more commencement addresses later. But that is The Buck Stops Here. Really good stuff. I'm sitting here looking at a flyer from The Hub for Malasadas down at The Hub. I don't know if you've had a malasada down there, but they are really good. And did you know that all the proceeds from all the food and drinks sold at the Hub here on campus go to missions projects? You know, I guess if you don't use that lingo, you could say humanitarian projects, but really they're missions projects. They go to the Micronesian Islands to help build churches and schools and buy buses and help with typhoon relief and educational projects down in the islands and really all around the world. We've helped missionaries in Indonesia and Africa, Asia, Micronesia, here on Guam. The Hub is set to give over $20,000 to missions just this year, just from the proceeds from food and drinks, including the malasadas, which are really tasty. I encourage you to go by there. The Hub's open every morning from 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. until school lets out. Then we go to a modified schedule. But these malasadas, get them while you can. One for one fifty, two for two fifty, or a cup of coffee and a malasada for three bucks. And each additional malasada, only a dollar. So for a fiver, you can get three malasadas and a cup of coffee. What a great way to start your day. Carbs, caffeine, sugar. Mmm. Deep fried happiness. 
Here's some idioms for you. Hopefully, some of you younger listeners, this helps you learn the meaning of phrases that maybe you hear your moms and dads say, but you don't know really what they mean. Today, I'm going to help you understand them even better. Like this one. Have you ever heard someone say, rats abandoning a sinking ship? The idiom has been known since at least the 1500s. There was an old superstition among sailors if they saw rats jumping off a ship that was still uh, tied up in port. It was an omen that the ship would end in disaster. We now use the phrase to describe cowardly, unfaithful human beings who forsake something or someone they once supported because they think bad times are coming. Disloyal people who desert a failing enterprise before it's too late. This happens in politics. Matter of fact, I sense this happening more and more lately. Uh, read between the lines, which you could do in that last, last statement as well. There are forms of cryptography, secret message writing, in which cryptographers have to read between the lines of writing or read every other line to decode the real meaning of the message. This idiom suggests that sometimes people write or talk in such a way that their true intentions are hidden. If you read between the lines, you will figure out the true unexpressed meaning in an action or document. Read the riot act. Now, this is something you'll hear people say, but you might not know what in the world it means or where the origin was. Well, let me enlighten you. In 1714, the British Parliament passed what was called the riot act. It said if 12 or more people gathered illegally, riotously, or tumultuously, a magistrate could command them to break up and leave just by reading the opening words of the riot act. If they didn't leave within an hour, they were guilty of breaking the law and were given a severe punishment. As the years went by, reading someone the riot act came to mean warning a person in the strongest possible terms of severe punishment if he or she did not stop certain activity. The real McCoy. Now, this is something I believe I've said, but not recently. Two good possibilities of this idiom's origin. One is a boxer in the late 1800s who called himself Kid McCoy. His real name was Norman Selby. He was a great fighter and so popular that boxers started calling themselves Kid McCoy. So Mr. Selby had to bill himself as, quote-unquote, the real McCoy. Other word experts trace this idiom to Elijah McCoy, 1843 to 1929, an African-American inventor who is best known for inventing lubricating parts in steam engines. The real McCoy, the genuine article, something of good quality compared to others, not a fake or copy. Red carpet treatment. There's an ancient custom of putting down a red carpet over which an important dignitary would walk. When he or she arrives somewhere, it means to have great respect or hospitality given to someone important, special treatment. And this still happens today. Hollywood, they roll out the red carpet. I was a chauffeur for a two-star general in the Air Force for a short period of time. And I had to pick him up on the runway and they rolled out a red carpet out to his aircraft. So they still give red carpet treatment today, literally and figuratively. How about this one? Speaking of red, a red herring, a fish that has been pickled, preserved in vinegar and spices in such a way that it turns reddish, has a strong smell. Centuries ago, it was used to teach hunting dogs to follow a trail. It was dragged on the ground and the dogs followed its scent. Later, people who hated hunting dragged a red herring across the path of the fox that the dogs were chasing. The dogs would get confused, stop following the fox and follow the smell of the herring. Sometimes escaping crooks also use red herrings to cover up their own scents so the bloodhounds couldn't find them. Red herring has become a popular idiom since the 19th century. It means something deliberately misleading 
to divert your attention from the main subject, something irrelevant that confuses an issue. How about this? Another two red ones in a row here. Red Letter Day. In the medieval times, religious festivals, holidays, saints' days were printed in red ink on church calendars. It's a day to be remembered, especially happy and significant days are red letter days, like a commencement. Your graduation day is a red letter day. How about this one? Red tape. Red ribbon was once used by lawyers and government employees to tie up bundles of legal documents before any official business could be transacted. The red tape had to be cut. We use red tape to refer to any kind of trivial and needless delay caused by time-consuming bureaucratic work and office routines in organizations. It means excessive formality and time-consuming rigid adherence to rules and regulations. That's red tape. Right off the bat, the saying comes from the game of baseball in the late 1800s. As soon as a ball is hit by the bat, it flies away instantly without a second's delay. Right off the bat means immediately, spontaneously, and without delay. Ring a bell? Hey, does that ring a bell? Well, this American idiom from the early 1900s suggests there are many bells that ring to remind instruct and instruct us to do things. Doorbells, telephone bell, school bell, toaster bell, clothes dryer bell, and so on. If something like a face or a name or a number or date rings a bell, it causes you to remember something. So to ring a bell means to sound familiar, call something to mind, to stir up a vague memory. Rock the boat. Boy, I've used this one uh, recently. Don't rock the boat, baby. Since the 1920s, the saying has been popular in both the United States and England. Imagine you're in a small boat. Everything's peaceful. Suddenly, someone or something rocks the boat. The boat may capsize or even sink. People who rock the boat cause trouble wherever they are. You don't want to be one of those people that rock the boat to make trouble or disrupt a stable situation. The risk spoiling a plan to create a disturbance is to rock the boat. Roll with the punches. I got a few more here. Every good boxer knows how to take evasive action and avoid full force of an opponent's blow. He rolls with the punches. If he can't duck the blow entirely, he shifts his body and moves it in the direction of the punch to soften the impact. This boxing lesson can be applied to any situation in life. To adjust to a difficult situation is to roll with the punches. Here are two more, and then we'll take a short break. Rolling stones gather no moss. Ancient proverb, which appears in many languages, was made more popular by Erasmus, the famous Dutch theologian and scholar. Used in 1523, moss is a green plant, usually grows on patches on a stone if it remains in one place for a long time. If the stone rolls, no moss will grow on it. A rolling stone gathers no moss is a warning to restless wanderers that had better settle down somewhere or they can not have much to show for themselves over time. It's a person who's always on the move, who changes jobs, will not be able to save or keep much. That's a rolling stone gathers no moss. And finally, Rome was not built in a day. Rome, the beautiful city on the Tiber River in Italy, was the capital of the Roman Empire. It took centuries for Rome to be built in its full glory. Rome wasn't built in the day. In a day just means a difficult or important goal or task cannot be achieved quickly or all at once. Rome was not built in a day. That's what you say to someone. Hey, Rome wasn't built in a day. I can't get all my homework done in one hour. I can't, I can't lose all this weight in one day, one weekend. Yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day. So those are our idioms for today. And hopefully our young listeners that are tuning in faithfully and being such a big encouragement to us, hopefully they, uh, Learn something from that. Maybe you guys can use some of those, some of those phrases as you engage uh, your parents in conversation. Now we're going to take a short break. When we come back, this day in history with Lawrence Nangast, our trivia game with Sebastian Basildua, what's in my coffee, and just a lot of 
frivolity and hilarity. So stick around. 3.32 p.m. on Friday, May 19th. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. This is Live Till 5. A little more after this. Keeping on the sunny side here at 3.36 p.m. on Friday, May 19th. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, live till 5. I've been singing this song to myself ever since last week when we put this in the uh, palette of bumper music. It's a catchy tune, right, Chris? I like it. Yeah. It's a, that what this is, Lawrence may not know this, but if you're a bluegrass musician and somebody were to, you, let's say you were auditioning to get in the bluegrass group, one of the songs that way they would ask you to play or to sing would be Keep on the Sunny Side. Yep. Most bluegrass players don't use the word repertoire, but this one has to be in that. You have to have this song in your repertoire. Well, sure, you can pick a banjo, but what's your uh, Keep on the Sunny Side sound like? Right. And then you have to break it out. They may even say banjer. Banjer? You play a little banjer? A little fiddle? Yeah, I actually downloaded and purchased legally. Uh, through iTunes, the uh, Flats and Scruggs yes. version of this. Yeah, I like that one. And yeah. that is a really good one because they got a lot of good uh, banjo picking in there. I have another version of this that I can put in your palette. Oh, I would love that. That is, yeah, that sure. is similar to this, but um, newer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'd love it. Because this is the Carter Family Singers, I believe, which is old, like yes. early days of Grand old Opry style. So yeah. I think it's uh, mom and two uh, sisters, I believe, are, are the main singers in this one. So this one has a little, even has a little Christian message in there. Trust in your Savior, Savior always. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not an overt, like it's not the whole song, but, you know, not exactly. good. Not everyone says that. Not exactly a triumph of theological entertainment. No, no, no. So it, it's not a psalm or a hymn, but maybe it's a spiritual song. If nothing else, it's, <laughs> it's definitely a cheerful song. That reinforces sure. things that are already good to believe. I guess you sure. could say that. So. The best part about this whole thing is that as you've talked about it, a southern twang or draw has set over your voice. And I, so isn't every, that weird? Yeah. Because <laughs> my uh, wife's family, a lot of them are from Alabama before her generation. So her, her parent, grandparent generation. And we have, we are, I am one eighth redneck on my father's side. Oh, okay. My wife is one quarter a, redneck that's, on that's her mother's down. side. Yes. Yeah. So it's actually a genetic predisposition towards a drawl. So, <laughs> yeah. Especially when you speak of drawl worthy topics. Yes. I was talking to uh, KC, our graphic designer here at Harvest, and she was drinking a pink effervescent uh, beverage from the hub and asked her what it was. And she says, calamansi and strawberry i said calamansi she goes calamansi and i said well in missouri we say calamansi but we also say cement and wash your clothes and things like yeah, that so i wouldn't do. trust it's my pronunciation wild. necessarily so hey the drinks have arrived 
are my initials on any of those or the initials SF because that's not for San Francisco or for Steve Fuller or uh, Sharon no, uh, Fatavic. That is okay. So I'll just take any one of the above. Do any of those look uh, decaffeinated or sugar-free at all? I would guess that one right there. Okay, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is. It's a hot one. I'll take that. So, great. We're handing out the drinks to our listeners at home so you can play along. We're getting ready to uh, remind everyone that this segment's brought to us by Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, music, gifts, including... A very tiny selection of Yankee candles. Pretty much smaller than uh, Mrs. Henson's personal collection. But I go there a lot. Not Mrs. Henson's collection of Yankee candles, but the hub. I go there every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Today was one such day. Make sure you say hi to Jeremy and Megan and Brittany and Kayla and George and Bob and Billy Joe Jim Bob down there. They're yeah. all great They're all employees. keeping it on the sunny side down there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Playing a <the> banjo. <laughs> and we, every week, for those who are new to the show, we get these drinks from The Hub. That's a coffee shop here on the Harvest Christian Academy campus. Open Mondays through Fridays, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. During the regular school year, we'll have some modified hours during the summertime. But we are um, each enjoying these drinks. And what we do is we try to describe them to you so that you know what they are, <clears throat> but not just by the name, because sometimes like a black and white doesn't mean anything to you. So then we describe the color and the taste and the texture and how it makes us feel and the memories it brings up and things like that. And the smell, the, uh, the temperature, the uh, weight of the cup, things like that. The cleanness to the, to the uh, lid as you pull it off and see the froth and dripping Gently, the stickiness, um, things like that. Just, uh, you know, common things. And uh, we describe these things, and then we share them with our listeners so that uh, you, too, may want to go and imbibe on the same drinks. And because there are 17 minutes left before the coffee shop closes, you could actually go and get one of these tasty drinks. We're going to start with Sebastian today because, as he reminded me during the break, he is the most recent college graduate. Yes. So you have the most words at your disposal. I do. Okay. So great. I see your drink. It's a cold one. It, describe it to us. <laughs> well, yeah, you know that dark chocolate taste you have. You know, you, you eat the dark chocolate, and then, and then you got that aftertaste for a while. It's a bit bitter. Um, yeah, I kind of got that, but it, instead of that aftertaste specifically, it's like it just tastes like coffee. So I mean, it's good. It's a good combination. It's like dark chocolate, the good part of dark chocolate, not the aftertaste, and then coffee taste. That's, and it's a little creamy. So, but I don't really know exactly it's what it iced. is. I've never it's had it. Ice, ice, mocha. Iced. Iced mocha. Could be. Maybe. Lawrence is the drink whisperer. Any... He knows what other people's drinks are before we even taste them. <laughs> is there any any flavor besides chocolate and coffee? I'd say maybe a little. It could be like a Rolo or, or with caramel in there. No. Yeah, that? I, I think maybe caramel's in there. Yeah, yeah it could a be Rolo. like a Rolo. Wow, Rolo. Yeah. You can share Rolos with your friends. Yeah. The chewy chocolate <laughs> happiness never ends. That was the commercial from the 1980s. Oh, I watched fun. way too many commercials, Long by the ago. way, in the 1980s. <laughs> All right, Chris, you have a hot drink there. My hot drink, I think, um, unless this is a psychological trick, uh, I have. I think there's there's caramel in here um, because it's a creamy. I believe a coffee drink. Uh, very creamy, actually. Like it's not. It doesn't have the sort of uh, 
Um, you almost don't taste the harshness of the coffee mm. if it is in there because yep. it's so creamy and it has a, a caramel, I think, flavor to it. But it's it's probably could just be a hot caramel chocolate. Could it be? <laughs> I don't is there, know. Is it like a hot is chocolate really? with caramel? It kind of or caramel. Yeah, it kind of does because I'm not tasting. Put I'm not tasting the coffee because uh. I'm just tasting a smooth, sweet yeah. caramel taste. That could be it. It's pretty. It's pretty good. It's not. It's not as hot as I might like. I like your description of it so much. I think they should change the name to the caramel. I think because that's what you said like three times. It's caramel. I think. Want yeah, it's caramel, hard to say. It's okay. caramel. All right. Now, uh, so it's a caramel chocolatey hot drink, mm-hmm. which we'll find out I don't here know in the if big it's reveal. Chocolatey. I don't it's believe not? I said no. chocolate. I think Lawrence superimposed that on there. So, well, I didn't know what if it's not coffee. I don't know what else. What the what other base they use? Liquid water? caramel. <laughs> it's coffee. <laughs> it's just okay. liquid hot caramel. Yeah. Hey. Full <laughs> if you were gonna die, that's the way to die. Right <laughs> they <there>. just <laughs> melted those Hot little caramel. square caramels. Where they do a cup. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Caramel, so now Lawrence has a cold drink. Describe it. Yeah. It's it's um, it's very good. It's carbonated, uh, which is not usually how they serve this drink. Even though you can get it this way, um, I prefer when I have the calamansi cooler that it not be carbonated. But today it is. So it's more like a calamansi. Um, fruit splash, but I think I'm getting a heavier taste of lime than normal, so they might have put calamansi in here and also a dash of lime Ooh. Um, but or, 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 or lemon or something mm-hmm. else because it's usually not this tart, um, but it's still very tasty. So if you want a little bit more of a sour, refreshing drink, sweet and sour, mm-hmm. uh, unlike the Chinese uh, chicken sauce. Uh, it, it is a very, very delicious Chinese that, chicken um, sauce. Yes, the plum duck sauce. I think is <laughs> the what it could be. The lime yes. carbonara. No, I'm just thinking the yeah, sweet yeah, and sour yeah, sauce. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. The uh, they got. I do know they received a new a shipment with a new flavor, citrusy flavor that I sampled earlier in the week. But right now, I just can't remember what it was. That but maybe this. You described maybe what I there. tasted, but now I just can't remember the name of it. So my drink is hot. Mm-hmm. It's in a cup that says coffee. And uh, ca- cafe latte on it, coffee in all different fonts, espresso, cappuccino. Wow. It uh, has a black plastic lid that says carat with a K, caution, contents hot. has a little, you know, thing that warns you that if this is heated up, it will poison you. Um, huh. I believe this is a 14-ounce <laughs> cup. <laughs> that's has not what sleeve. that is. I think that has to do with uh, recycling. Okay, that's good. Funny. That's Boy, that's why I wasn't poison. drinking it. Okay, it's now I'll taste hazmat. it. That's not a hazmat. That's <laughs> not a skull and crossbones. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Okay, now, this one is a surprising drink. First off, it's off-season. So this is something is I would imagine spice? to drink. Smell this real quick. Uh, Lawrence, since you're the coffee. The uh, the um, we, we had a little technology problem. Smell that, right? <laughs> Doesn't that remind you of fall time? It, it does, but it's got coffee in it because you can smell the coffee. I think it's probably like an autumn spice. It's like an autumn spice or a dirty chai. A dirty chai, but I think it's got some extra nutmeg and yes. things in there that. Make it, you it know what it tastes like to me is a dirty chocolate chai. A dirty chocolate. That chai. could be it. I've not had. I didn't really smell the chocolate, but that chocolate may be in dirty the taste. chai or a. Yeah. Thai dirty chocolate or a Thai chocolate dirty. <laughs> or any combination of the three words. It'd be fun. 
Okay. Dirty it's a, it's just a, means it's got coffee in it, right? Yeah, that's yes. all that means. It's okay. like a shot of espresso I mean, or why, coffee. Why is that dirty? I don't, I don't understand. What it's because it's dirty. Somebody it said it this morning. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Let's let's figure out because the the our listening audience is dying. <clears throat> yeah, they're killing It's it. a dirty chai. Oh, okay. dirty chai. Uh, I thought it had a little chocolatey taste to it, but I think you're right. I think maybe just a little extra nutmeg or something in there. Psychological. The word chocolate was used so many times. Who had number two? You did. Number two. You have a drink I've never heard of here. Really? And it's, it makes sense that you could not figure out what it was because no one would have. It's an ube coffee. I don't know what that means. Oh. Ube. It's a, it's a, a type of sweet potato, and usually in the Philippines, purple. So it's a taro or it's a purple. Like you get this ube ice cream. It's like a purple ice cream. Yeah. It's a sweet, non-distinct flavor, basically. It's good. Yeah. I like it. So I'm assuming they put a little of the... Ube powder in there, maybe they must. So, I, is it isn't it the drink that Ray's gets? It may be something else. He gets something says unique. Ube, no, he gets the purple Oreo or something. It's like a ube. It's a taro Oreo frap, and oh, I think they call okay. it like the Ray's Romo or something. <laughs> uh, okay, you have. Oh, this is it. Yeah, you have the mint amansi. So mint. That's what it mint is. It's amansi. Yes. So we they didn't want to call it a mojito because that has all kinds of baggage that, with the name. Yep. So mint amansi. <laughs> Or Calaminti, as I recommended, but they went with Mint Monsi. And then uh, finally, chocolate cold brew. Oh, for you. chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate cold I, brew. I was kind of. I didn't know you could do chocolate and cold I brew. I guess I never either. thought about I, it's that. It's always vanilla cold brew for me, but this is a chocolate. You know, I like nice. the sugar free vanilla cold brew. It's really a refreshing drink. So I like that too. That's what I get at McDonald's. Yeah. So, hey, it's a good day for uh, free drinks. Thank you to our hub baristas. Uh, they are professionals. They're. You know, gentlemen and gentlewomen down there, scholars, athletes, geniuses in their in their own right and in other people's rights. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me ask you guys. Well, Chris already knows this, but um, what is Sebastian cardioid? Do you know cardioid? Um, something to do with heart. Mm. Lawrence, do you know cardioid? It is. It does have to do with heart. You are right. Maybe what it, is it? What's the context of the most common cardioid? Can, can you use it in a sentence? Um, <laughs> that would probably no. That away. would give it away. Oh, Sorry. I yeah. Think, what is cardioid? Question. Is that, is that a is that a uh, heart pattern? It is a heart. Yes. Dude, you got it. It's the heart pattern on a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. So if you get a cardioid microphone, it's got a heart shaped pattern. So the way it can uh, pick up signal, Chris probably can explain it a lot better. Well, it, uh, can I? <laughs> I don't know. You're. I don't know. I I just know that most of the microphones that you'd have in a radio studio would have a cardio mm-hmm. pickup pattern. You're not getting a pickup from the side of the microphone or the back of the microphone. You're getting it just from the front, and it kind of comes. It kind of picks up in a in sort of a heart shaped pattern, but it's really not because it's more like not a, a point at the end. Yeah, uh, at the bottom, but it's it's more rounded. But yeah, yeah it has it has yeah. a heart shape. I worked with audio with uh, with shooting short films and stuff, and, and you used cardio. Well, actually, I, I like how he I, said that that he he uh, edits audio every single day of the week here. But he well, said he used to work with audio. He used to work well, really I actually used to go audio. out and record it, and I had a boom pole. Yes, but I, but I had. Uh, I used I use what I call the audio scythe, but yes. it's actually the reaper of sounds. But it's actually like just it's the boom pole, you know, a pole right, with yeah. a microphone attached at the Did end. Did you have one of those uh, hairy kitten things? Yeah, on the, it? The, the dead the kitten. dead cat. Dead there's, kitten. A, there's a friend yeah. of mine here that is, is right over on the yeah. other side of that wall that has one of those. <laughs> yes, yes, and if cool. you 
are homesick, you can actually just sit and play with that microphone, and yeah, it's like having it. a pet that you don't have to feed <laughs> doesn't or have a litter box. Um, it, not to be confused, cardioid is not to be confused with carotid, which is what? An artery. Artery in your neck, mm-hmm. just in case. You want to make sure you order the right kind of microphone. You don't want an um, artery microphone. You want a cardioid I'm giving the trivia here today. So, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break, come back for a little bit of trivia. So uh, we do have uh, our trivia game based on our topic of the day, which is commencement and graduation. Lawrence has this day in history as well before the top of the hour. And uh, we're going to enjoy our drinks during this short break. So listeners, stick around. A little more live till five after this. We're back with a little more live till five. If you're just joining us, this is the magnificent last seven minutes of the show for this hour. And we'll have another magnificent hour. Second hour of live till five coming up. So we do have this day in history with Lawrence Nagengas. He's our in-resident history professor. Oh, yeah. Expert on everything that's ever happened in history, <laughs> recorded history, wow. on May 19th. Ever since they named it May 19th. Before then, I don't know what they called yeah. it. It's been a while. It was like Lamb Chop 7 or something. Now it's May 19th. So what happened May 19th in history, Lawrence? Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, we have our graduation tonight, as you've already spoken about. Uh, yes. So that, that's about to be this day in history. Uh, but we'll go all the way back to 1536. Anne Boleyn, the second wife of English King Henry VIII, is beheaded at the Tower of London on charges of adultery and treason. And uh, whether that be true or not, he basically... Uh, want, beheaded her on those things, but I believe the main reason is because she did not bear him a son, and that was the uh, that was the real issue. Um, 1568, English Queen Elizabeth I arrests Mary, Queen of Scots. So a lot of English history with the uh, monarchs going on uh, during this day of history. Uh, 1828, U.S. President John Quincy Adams signs the Tariff of 1828, the Tariff of Abominations, uh, into law to protect industry in the North, and uh, this is there in the middle, during his presidency in the, the middle of the 1800s, uh, when things were starting to get going uh, with trade and things like that in the U.S. Uh, 1885, German Chancellor Bismarck takes possession of Cameroon and Togoland. Uh, interestingly enough, that guy, uh, in a different era, would be much, uh, much more well-known and talked about, not for good positive things. He was a very... Um, iron-fisted ruler, but in the late 1800s, people were still kind of getting their stuff together, and Europe was still kind of, you know, back and forth on things. If he'd been during Hitler's time, or even World War One's time, which he was, actually, he'll he'll be passing off the scene, his uh, successor will take over, uh, we'd probably know more about him, but he was pretty brutal, but he is what established Germany as what it was before World War One, to where they were even some some power. Was his name um, Otto von Bismarck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. All right. Yeah, Otto von Bismarck. Random guess. I just most German leaders from that era were named Otto von something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you ever watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I think the bad yes. guy's Otto von something. Anyway, Otto go, von, ahead. Yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Uh, now that makes me mad because I want to think of what his name is. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> I'm thinking about it and I need to move on. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. Sorry. No kidding. Um, Sidetrack. 1929. General Fang Yu Shang of China declares war on Chiang Kai-shek government. Um, this is going to be at a very um, politically turmoil type time for China, and that 
back and forth civil war type thing will open the door for Japan to come in and conquer Manchuria and other parts of China at this time. Um, Chiang Kai-shek probably uh, was the last capitalistic republic-minded guy uh, China had because Mao was going to come in and, and of course, established uh, communism there in China. But um, but anyways, moving on. Um, that was back in the early 1900s. Um, last few things here is um, <laughs> Pat LaFontaine, speaking of the NHL, in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now, it's in the semifinals, uh, scores two goals within 22 seconds in an NHL playoff game. Uh, the same guy did. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, that, talk about a turnaround. Uh, two goals in 22 seconds is pretty good. Um, lastly, 1999 Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, directed by George Lucas, starring Ian McGregor, Natalie Portman, and Liam Neeson, is released in cinemas. So mm. I cannot believe that that movie was released 18 years ago already. Wow. Um, <laughs> I remember that when that came out. Wow. Um, and then uh, a couple other movie releases on this day. This is pretty popular. Pirates of the Caribbean was released today. Uh, a couple other probably lesser known. And um, 2015 historic first handshake between Prince Charles and Sinn Féin leader Jerry Adams at the National University of Ireland in Galway. Uh, apparently yeah. those two sides didn't talk a whole lot. So two years ago today right. they... Um, the Troubles, they call them the in, troubles. Uh, in Northern Ireland yep. with all the violence between the yeah. uh, Sinn Féin and I remember uh, Ian, Ian Presley. Paisley? Uh, Paisley? Paisley. Not Presley. Wrong guy. Ian R.K. Paisley. Uh, yeah, yep. Paisley. Uh, he came and spoke. His son, Kyle, Kyle, I believe his name is Kyle Paisley, yep. spoke at our Bible conference. But he, my senior year, Ian Paisley came and spoke for the final really? time at Bob Jones. Wow. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, UK inflation is it recorded as a negative for the first time since 1960 here two years ago. I don't know if I should keep talking because we just really want to listen to this song so bad. <laughs> no, wrap it up. Go ahead. This is That's just it. That's it. Transition man. music. Uh, uh, eight of nine planets aligned on same side of sun. This day in history, 2161 though. That's great. What year? <laughs> It will. In 2161. In the It'll happen. 2161. That's this day in the future. Wow. That's a new segment. This yeah. day in the future. You can make up stuff every week. Eight out of nine planets. I wonder if we're the only one. That'd be really weird. Hey, way to Anyways. end it on a positive note. You know, that was pretty positive. Great tie in there. And Lawrence, <laughs> have a great uh, commencement. Oh, man. We'll Thank see you, you over there in a couple hours. It will be great. And listeners, thanks for staying tuned to this first hour, this positive hour of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It is Friday, May 19th, 4 p.m. As we wrap up the first hour, stick around for a second hour of Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Stick around for SRN News. Welcome back to Live Till 5. This is our second hour, 4.05 p.m. on Friday, 
May 19th, graduation day for Harvest Christian Academy seniors. Congratulations to all of you. Congratulations to our Harvest Baptist Bible College seniors as well that are graduating. They're walking the platform on Friday in their commencement. It's going to be a great weekend, a very memorable weekend. And um, I remember my two older ones graduating. It goes by so quick, such such elation for the kids when they finish something so big like school. And uh, congratulations to all you parents who have helped your kids get to this point. And uh, thank you for your teamwork on that. Appropriate bumper song, City of New Orleans, right after the very last story on SRN News was New Orleans is taking down a statue of Stonewall Jackson, General Stonewall Jackson, I believe. Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm going to play the rest of the song then. No, just kidding. Well, we are in our second hour on this Friday, May 19th, 4.06 p.m. here at KHMG. Maybe you're listening on the radio dial, 88.1 FM. Good on you. Thank you for listening. Maybe you're listening online through khmg.org. There's a link there. You can listen through your computer in real time, or you can download the podcast to this show and many other great programs that we produce here at KHMG. Maybe even some programs that might even be better than this program. (laughs) I don't suppose that this is amongst the great programs. This is just a program. Some weeks are better than others. But every single broadcast is fun, and we have many excellent programs like Building Great Leaders, Harvest Echoes, Harvest Time, uh, Take Note, Heart of Harvest, Harvest, Living Redemptively, all great programs that we produce here locally in our studios at KHMG, and then we put them out uh, over the air here on our station. Some of them are also sent out to other radio stations. Some are broadcast, like Heart of Harvest Asia broadcast into Asia through our partnership with Transworld Radio, and can be listened to anywhere in the world through our website, khmg.org, and downloading the podcast. And you can share those through social media. You can also let us know you're listening. Go to Harvest Family Radio on Facebook and uh, give us a little follow little hit that button says follow and then leave us a note let us know what you think about the station the programming ideas you can send us personal note giving us uh positive feedback for this show and everything else we do here at khmg can also stop by and see our little operation here it's not huge i know we might sound like we're this big mega organization a broadcast uh empire but really we're just a small little studio with a couple guys working really hard chris Harper and Sebastian Basildua running the day-to-day operations. And uh, they're here during business hours, Monday through Friday. Most most of the time, you can stop by and poke your head in, say hi, tell them you're listening. And uh, it's a good little homeschool field trip as well. Except maybe, for the days off. Except for the days off. Yeah. Which Chris does has never actually taken a day <laughs> off. But everyone else is hoping that he will acquire that, that uh, newfound freedom. That comes with uh, being here at Harvest is getting a couple days off every once in a while. So, especially Sebastian, he's ready for yeah, a day off. So, week from Monday, hopefully <laughs> Memorial Day, get a little time off. So now Sebastian <laughs> has prepared a quiz with our theme of the day in mind, which is graduations, commencement, higher education. Sebastian, take it away. All right. I call this quiz an educational higher education quiz because some things you might not know, but you'll learn after you get it wrong. So, 
generally how I learn things in college or uh, not college, uh, high school. <laughs> yeah, maybe sometimes college. <laughs> I would get the answer wrong. But I was like, oh yeah, I was totally wrong, and that was the correct answer. Anyway, uh, I only have five questions, and so I will tally this up. We'll have Chris and Jared. All right, here we go. Are you guys ready for question one? I am ready. All right, question one. What is the oldest institution of higher learning in the United States? A, Yale College. B, College of William and Mary. I've never heard of that one. C, Harvard University. Or D, Princeton University. Princeton. I would say College of William and Mary, even though you've never heard of it. Hmm, interesting. Both of you are wrong. Harvard University is the oldest. Wow. Being at 1636 is when it was founded. Uh, William and Mary was 1693. Yale was 1701. And Princeton was 1746. Wow. Yep. Well, both of you get zero. <laughs> Question number you, you two. You kind of relish the yeah. incorrect. <laughs> yeah. You should celebrate the correct and give us a star for trying. That's the way it works now, Jared Sebastian. He seems one. excited if we <laughs> yeah. miss it. Whereas if we get it, he's like, oh, yeah. man, do yeah. I have to put up he's with this? He's the kind of guy that watches NASCAR just for the wrecks. <laughs> Fast forward to the accident. You're not wrong. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. What is the largest public college in the U.S. based off of on-campus undergraduate enrollment? Wow. Um, a. I've got an idea for this one already. Texas A&M University. B. Penn State University. C. Ohio State University. Columbus. Or D, University of Central Florida. Oh wow, this is a little tricky. University of Central Florida, I think, is large. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those, um, um, you know, sort of commute schools. But I'm still going to go with Ohio State. Mm, okay. I was going to go with Ohio also, but we'll both get no points. <laughs> so in a unusually sacrificial manner, I will go with the Florida. Option. All right. And the correct answer is D, Central Florida. There you oh. go. Hey, oh. look, my my, this my, my goodwill the, was rewarded. I rewarded. gave him all the information on that. I knew it was a commuter <laughs> school. Yeah. I knew that a lot of people come from all over Georgia and Louisiana oh. and everywhere to, to attend there and then just drive home. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they have 51,000 students, whereas Ohio State has 45,000, Penn State 40,000, and Texas A&M 44,000. Actually, uh, uh, the University of Wisconsin has almost 46,000, so it could have mm. been in this quiz as well. It mm -hmm. could have, but yeah. there's a lot of colleges. I can only have four answers. <laughs> okay. These are the top four. Well, Top four. Can't be, because I know there are 46,000. Well, that... maybe most recent, because you haven't been to Wisconsin for a while, have you? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure you've got the latest numbers. Well, that was the first thing that Google brought up. So oh. I assume that Google oh, okay. is trustworthy. I, 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 I believe you and Google, especially since I got that answer right. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Um, in the opposite direction, what is the smallest college in the U.S. based off of on-campus undergraduate mm. enrollment? And this is one of those that I'm like, you guys are going to learn something. You're probably yep. not going to get it right. Aunt Mary's Beauty School. <laughs> um, a... Frank Lloyd Wright School of Architecture, B, Deep Springs College, C, Alaska Bible College, or D, Kentucky Mountain Bible College? Alaska Bible College has, I don't know, less than 50 students. Mm. I would imagine that there are, there are smaller than that. Um, 
but for for um, for the sake of memories and things like that, I'm going to go with Alaska Bible College. I knew you. Would. I think I'm going to go with the Kentucky option because they have a at the beginning of the year they have about 111. But then they do this snake handling class, and about they lose quite oh, a bit no. of their enrollment. Oh no! You've just offended all the Kentucky <laughs> listeners. Sorry, Leo. All right. Well, <laughs> um, Alaska. That was close. They actually have thirty-seven students. I but, said less than fifty. Yes, but the correct answer is Frank Lloyd Wright School of Architecture. I, really, with that. twenty people. If you think about architecture, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Some, sometimes architecture well, he's, is... He's famous, so maybe it's a very elite little group. Yeah. Um, and actually, the most on here is Kentucky Mountain Bible. So, way you're go. way ahead with one point. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, all right. I'm killing it. Question number four. What was the tuition cost of Brown U- University in 1804? 1804. A, $500. B, $25. C, $100. Or D, $5. Twenty-five dollars. I'm gonna say. I would say five dollars. Five dollars. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. All right. Well, congratulations, Jared. You got another point. Five dollars. That was five dollars in 1804. A little side fact: it was originally called the College of Rhode Island, but was changed when Nicholas Brown donated five thousand dollars in 1804. Wow. So, um. What question number five and final question? What is the most expensive college in America based off of tuition? Hmm. A University of Chicago, B so this isn't like room and board or anything, this is just tuition. B Columbia University, C University of Southern California, or D Yale University. Tell hmm. me the first one again. University of Chicago. I'm going to say University of Chicago. All right. I'm going to say Columbia. Columbia. All right. And the correct answer is B, Columbia. Oh, Being wow. at 55,000. I think I had heard nice. that because, you know, the Columbia School of Journalism is yes. the most uh, preeminent, prestigious. Uh, it was started by, I believe, it's um, one of the famous schools. Yeah, yeah I believe uh, New York, Jacob yeah. Pulitzer uh, helped start that, if I'm not mistaken. So it's yeah, very prestigious. Although, very if you want to, why don't you? And I do. I listen to this almost every week. If you listen to their podcast, uh, Columbia School of Journalism, you'll be disabused of the idea that it's a good journalism school, oh. but you'll you'll um, you'll still think it's famous. Um, <laughs> well, it's yeah. just it's just. There's some pretty extreme oh, views yeah. of what sure. journalism yeah. is, and and so. I mean that was a tough one because it varied because that was fifty five thousand, but like other cal- all these other ones on the list were between fifty and fifty three thousand, yeah, or so yeah. dollars. So, um, and then I had a little fun fact because I didn't know how to word this as a question, so, but I thought it was really interesting. Uh, in two thousand five, um, an England student made a one million pixel website. Putting each pixel up for sale for a dollar. Oh yeah, selling out. I remember that six months. Wow. <laughs> so he made a, for for college tuition. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I <laughs> and remember he made that. A million bucks. So what do you do with each pixel, though? I mean, I don't understand. Why would someone give them money well, for a pixel? It, it has something to do with you. It's it. 
became famous because it was in news reports and things, and then people would buy a certain number of pixels, oh, and they could have their little company little, logo or whatever it, in it. Got it, got it. So okay. yeah, okay. I believe that's how it worked. And and somebody so you could bought, spend a thousand and get like a you know oh, a yeah. hundred by hundred, a uh, ten thousand dollars. You could get a hundred by hundred pixel square and put your logo on there or yeah. a message or something. I believe oh, okay. that's how it worked. Yeah, that that, that's what sense. I remember. That makes yeah. sense. Cool. Cool. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, so now I have a little. It's not really trivia, but it's trivial. And I did win, but I won't rub that in because there's only two of us. So <laughs> you just did it. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> but I, ha- I have a question because as I was walking past, um, and Sebastian and I were walking past uh, one of our handy maintenance guys out there bush cutting. Um, I was commenting to him how that was one of my favorite smells: the smell of two cycle exhaust and grass clippings. So this is what I, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to give you. Some different smells, and you tell me if you like them or not, okay? Oh. All right. So first off, do you like the smell of two-cycle exhaust and grass clippings, Chris? Yeah, sure. Okay. All yeah, right. I do. Okay. What about you, Sebastian? It reminds me of hard work. Yes. So is that good or bad? I don't know. I don't See, hard work's a virtue to me, so it's like, <laughs> hey, that's great. <laughs> well, it reminds me of my, my summer my yeah. summer. Uh, Working as landscaper. Me too. Okay. That, that's yeah. basically yeah. what it does for it's, me. It too. takes you back to a good good time. You sure. know, I guess. Uh, if I you like were in, mowing grass. Yeah, me I too. Like me it. too. And uh, it's, there's a certain amount of therapy that goes with that. Listeners at home, maybe you could play along. Do you like the smell of two cycle exhaust and grass clippings? How about this? The smell of burning leaves, Sebastian. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I really don't know. You don't know? No. Okay. Chris, what about you? No. You don't like the smell of burning no, leaves? No, because. People would burn a lot of things in rural areas that I've lived in, and leaves was always among them, but there was always other smells involved with it, so no, that wow. doesn't give me a good memory. I thought that was going to be a universal yes. Actually, really? actually, thinking about it now more, I I did, it kind of reminds me of like Halloween and like mm-hmm. fall time, so okay. I would say okay. yes, because okay. I like fall right. time. How about this? The smell of bleach and antimicrobial cleaner. Chris? Bleach? No, I mean I don't know don't what like antimicrobial cleaner is. You know, like but. what they mop the floor at at the hospital. Yeah, no, no, you not. don't like that. Um, what about you? Don't. I Sebastian? actually don't because my living in Texas, my grandma mopped the floors all the time, and mm-hmm. it was all mop floor. It was all. And one time, I had this injury on my leg, and and I had to walk around, and um, basically, I I slipped on a mop floor, and and there were stitches on my leg, and it kind of. Yeah. Spread them uh, as I slipped. Oh, so uh, when I think of that, I so think you of, have pain associated with this yeah. smell. Okay, all right. How about this, uh, Sebastian? Permanent wave solution. Permanent wave solution. Do you know what permanent wave solution is, Chris? Do you know what permanent wave solution is? It's it's for the for your hair, right? Like a perm for, to give somebody ever, a perm. Like you ever been around someone's getting a home perm? Is it like the smell when you walk into a haircut place? Uh, yeah, and like a ladies' hair boutique. Look. This was a thing in the 80s when my sisters would all get a perm. Yep. I'm going to get a perm. That's right. And then the little that cap. Was horrible. The little cap. And then they, no, they put man. the foil in there and then the smell and they squirt the, the perm solution. It's so, not such a thing anymore. He might yeah, not I don't even think they do it. I mean, if you that. walk into some places, they might still be doing some perms, like just a gentle wave or something, medium yeah. wave, you know. Medium Salon wave. perm? Yes. No, Ogilvy home perm. Uh, so you don't, do you like the smell of a lady's? Hair salon? Um, I don't know. I don't really. You don't go, go there, there very often? often. Okay, that's good. Yeah, to know. well, you do. You go over to that place in the. That, uh, in the Ganya? Yeah, in the Ganya. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was there this. Do you like that smell? Well, no one else is getting like a perm or anything. Oh, okay. It so you wouldn't be able to. It kind of smells like that. At Chris, times, do you so. like the smell of. 
permanent no, wave solution? No, no, okay. no. Okay. That's where the term perm comes from. It's permanent, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, how about this? The smell of Dutchman cigars. Already lit. Okay. What's this a is cigar? It's a cigar. It's just a cigar. Okay. Why did you say I don't know cigar? if it's a Dutchman. <laughs> I don't know if it's a Dutchman, but my whole growing up years, our neighbor smoked cigars, mm-hmm. and I think his wife or whatever told him he had to smoke outside. Mm-hmm. So literally my entire growing up years, the smell... We would always have to play in the backyard. Mm-hmm. We weren't allowed to like goof around in the house a whole lot. We were out in the backyard. So a cigar is the smell of my growing up years. Yes. Period. Yes. So yes. Yes. I do like that. It takes me right back yeah, doesn't to my it? backyard. Doesn't it? it have does. you ever smelled someone smoking cigars, Sebastian? Oh, yes. So do you like that um, smell or not? I've I've smelled and and unfortunately it takes me back to like my friends doing it and I'm like guys don't do it and, oh, and then they have wow. then they develop like a uh, sure. uh, like a, a cigarette addiction I was like I yeah. told you yeah <laughs> okay yes. well all right here here you go how about the smell of witch hazel witch I don't hazel even know lotion what that is. I have no idea so when you used to go to the barber shop back in the 80s even the 90s they would put a lotion on your neck after they do the razor on yes. your neck and it was a, it was a refreshing, almost a minty feeling yep. lotion they put on your neck. It wasn't the alcohol liquid. It was more of a lotion Yes, and witch hazel. Witch hazel. That, if you go uh, where I used to live in Wisconsin, if you go to Anthony's Barbershop on Main Street in Watertown, Wisconsin, the guy there, Anthony, yep. will put witch hazel on yes. your neck after he shaves it's your It's usually neck. in a, a longer, slender bottle. It. And uh, sometimes has a light green color to it. It might, it yep. might make you think it's going to be minty, it but big, it's actually witch hazel. Yes, yeah. exactly. There's a big tube with yes. the blue witch hazel. Yes, exactly. Yes, I do like that. Smell. You like that? Yes. Oh, see? Yeah. I'm trying to think of... Sebastian, you were born in the wrong generation. I, I had, I did have a barber growing up as a kid, but yes. I don't think he, he ever never put anything on your neck. Did he shave okay. your neck? He didn't shave with a your real neck? razor, oh, with man, a straight razor. Yes, that's the best. That's the kind remember. of barber shop to go to. There's always old guys yes. talking. In oh there. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's the real one deal. here. There's one here on Guam, but uh, the cleanliness standards are low, but the quality of a shave is very good there. I'll tell you about it off the air. Okay, how about this? <laughs> the smell of lilac bushes. The smell of lilac bushes. Where can I find these bushes? They're purple flowering bushes that only pop up in the spring, usually in the Midwest to the north. Lilac bushes. <sighs> what do you think, Chris? Well, I grew up in Spokane, Washington, which is the lilac city. Really? Every, I didn't know that. Every parade, every everything is lilacs. Ah. There's lilacs all over, right out behind my parents' house. There's a huge lilac yeah. tree, yep. bush, I guess is what it is. Uh, and... Um, Yes, so I love lilacs. It, it signifies the coming of spring, right? If you can smell lilac bush, you walk outside, and the first day the lilac bushes are really like yes. in full bloom. It's like, ah, oh, that's refreshing. This is all from my childhood. Yes. This is your hitting I'm every sorry, childhood I was, theme. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that, but that's that's good. So, Sebastian, you don't know what a well, lilac Actually, I think I do. I, I worked at Menards, which is this mm, hardware store, yes, and I helped yes, run the yes, garden center, yep. and we sold a bunch of mm-hmm. uh, stuff. And I think we might have sold some of those stuff. Yeah. You like that? You like the smell of like fresh flowering bushes? Yeah. You're not allergic or anything. No, I'm not allergic. Okay. I'm not allergic. To okay, here's the last one. Chili with be- with beef, kidney beans and white onions. Chili with beef, kidney beans and white onions. Maybe a Williams chili seasoning mix as the base as the roux of that chili. Mm. Beef, kidney beans or chili beans and white onions sprinkled Along the top, what do you think, Sebastian? Takes me back to my childhood when we had uh, Christmas. <laughs> yes, and 
We'd have chili all day. Yes, yes. A few salting crackers maybe on the side. Did you like that? At the time, I didn't like it. Well, I didn't like the food, but I liked the smell. You like the smell. So it gives you a good thumbs up. Eventually, I grew to like the food, too. Okay, all right. Great. Chris, what do you think? If it's chili, I'm in. All right. Even with a little white onion on top? Still good. Okay. It doesn't have to be on top. But see... A lot of times that people put the onions right in. The That's show. true. You can stir it right, stir in, it right in, and that softens them up a little bit so they're not so crispy. Well, guys, I just listed to you all my favorite smells. Everything <laughs> I just listed were my favorite smells, and most of them have some type of childhood memory. Right. My grandfather owned a diner. He made chili for us even after he closed the diner. He smoked Old Dutchman cigars. Uh, we had lilac bushes outside the porch, and you walk outside on a spring day, uh, you knew school was coming to an end because the lilac bushes were blooming. My mom and my grandma had a beauty shop in the back of her house, and my mom also would give perms to people. And so we had perm solution all the time, burning leaves. I love the smell of burning leaves, not burning trash. And then, of course, the witch hazel, which I already kind of uh, talked about. And then, of course, the two-cycle exhaust and grass clippings is just the smell nice. of summer to if- me. I'll tell you what, if the only thing I, I want, since I moved to Guam, the only thing I've thought about that I kind of miss from where I used to live is the barbershop mm. place. There's yep. and the smells of the barbershop, yep. the sound of the barbershop when you walk in there. Yep. That little. I'll tell you what, man. Yep. Yeah. I miss that. I haven't found that yep. yet on Guam, but everything else I love here. But that kind of I, lo- I miss a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, the barbershop can be a real place of like congregating and yes. you know you get to know the barber a little bit and things like that the i've looked for that here now my barber here's a lady and it's she does a great job and the kids really like going there so that's where we go i was going to another barber old school like yeah. 1950s posters on the wall Ooh, but the place was pretty run down and then before that for years i was going to a barber all three barbers in there were filipino older men who didn't speak english so when I said just take a little off, and I made the little universal symbol for little, yes, that's how much they left on top of my head, and they literally shaved one of my boys. I just said, oh, just just trim, and then they only left a trim on their heads, and so the boys <laughs> never wanted to go back there after that. So something got lost in the translation on that one. But uh, anyway, favorite smells. Maybe our listeners, you guys, can, and this is instigating a conversation in your car. Uh, on your way home from church on Sunday night or uh, on your way home from the uh, HBBC graduation. But, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Sebastian, great trivia game, by the way. Thanks. All right. I work hard on this. You have a great weekend. Thanks. And, uh, Chris, you're going to come back a little bit with the news, right? Okay, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little more live till 5. It is Friday, May 19th, 427 p.m. here at Harvest Family Radio, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. Stick around, more live till 5 after this short break.
And we're back with a little more live till five. I think the sound of bagpipes is the audio equivalent to the smell of cigars. Repulsive to some, but reminiscent to others. Yeah. Would you say that would be accurate? That's pretty close, yeah. All right. I mean, that's I'm trying to cross a, a bridge that might not ever need to be crossed between the sound of something and the smell of something, and they're two dissimilar objects. But Well, they, they have... They both bring to mind memories. Yeah. Frankly, smells and music or even just sounds. Yep. Yeah, they're they're a little bit different than visual cues yep. in some cases. So yeah. It's it's crazy. It shows you just how powerful one little seed planted in your mind, even as a, a child, as a youth, sticks with you your whole life. Oh yeah. And and that memory you know, hopefully good is something, you know, to smile about and look back on fondly. But sadly, of course, there are a lot of sad memories that are attached to things as well. Dr. Olala has a whole uh, theory, I guess you would say, on setting children's tastes. Have Mm. you heard about this? I have. I have. He does a a family, a series of family messages. There's just a little portion of the message about setting their tastes early. And so we, my wife and I were actually talking about that. What are our kids tastes and how are we setting their tastes? And we asked them about, uh, I, this may say something about us, but we asked them about, you know, what, what kind of music do you think of when you think about our house and stuff? And they said, I, this is not what we play all the time. Pretty much our radio station is on all the time yeah. at our house. But they said bluegrass music. That's because there's a few bluegrass, you know, uh, songs and albums that we've had over mm-hmm. the years that we listen to over and over and over and over. And so they just got that like that was a little bit different than yep. the average. Yep. And so that was is like a thing. And my kids all say, and I'm like, oh, these kids are going to be bluegrass kids when they well. get... They are. I mean, those are catch, yeah. you know things that are catchy. Things yeah. that are. That's yeah. why little jingles and marketing, you know, ploys that that industries come up with yeah. are so. Like someone said, the Rolo drink, and then all of a sudden, I started quoting the Rolo commercial from 1984. Right. How do I even remember that? I, I, you know, but that was. It's stuck in my brain. It's, yeah. It was a little tune with a few simple words, and now I've got that stuck in my head forever. I can't get rid of it, which is a which is a a, a fair warning that you know we don't want to put things in our hearts and minds yeah. that aren't edifying because they do right. stick with you forever. Right, right. So, uh, what's in the news, by the way, Chris? A few things. A few of these have been in our top of the hour SRN News uh, broadcast, and these uh, stories come from SRNNews.com, uh, some of them from Reuters, some of them from AP. The U.S. Navy, a, a U.S. Navy veteran, I should say, plowed his car into pedestrians in New York City's packed Times Square on Thursday, killing an 18-year-old woman and injuring 22 others. The city's mayor said that there was no indication that it was an act of terrorism. Witnesses said the motorist mounted the sidewalk in a burgundy Honda sedan and sped along for more than three city blocks, knocking people over before the car hit a pole and came to rest at 45th Street and Broadway in Midtown Manhattan. Police, who took the driver into custody, identified him as Richard Rojas, 26, of the New York City Borough of the Bronx, They said he had been arrested twice for drunken driving in 2008 and 2015 and once earlier this month on a charge of menacing. So if he was arrested, 
10 years ago, 2008, nine years ago, and he's only 26, he was arrested at 17 for drunken driving. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sad story. Um, Japan scrambled fighter jets on Thursday after four Chinese Coast Guard vessels entered what Japan considers its territorial waters near the disputed East China Sea Islands uh, that, again, have been in the news for quite some time about being disputed. And also, uh, they noticed a drone-like object flew near one ship. It was the first such flight near the islands witnessed by Japanese officials, although the incident took to 13 the number of intrusions this year by Chinese Coast Guard vessels in contested waters. Japan and China have long been at loggerheads over the tiny uninhabited islands uh, called the Senkaku in Japan and the Deoryu in China. Uh, they are controlled by Japan, but claimed also by China. Tornadoes touched down in three Plains states on Thursday during nasty spring storms, but there were no reports of major damage or serious injuries and, of course, uh, no, no reports of deaths. The National Weather Service logged nearly 20 reports of tornadoes from the states of Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas, along with numerous reports of high winds and hail. It was the second day of storms in the Plains states, and intense tornadoes were forecast for the southern plains uh, through Friday, through our Saturday. Uh, one other one other piece of news for you, Dr. Zach Ruff. He is the dean of student life and academics, or rather was, at Philadelphia's Downington STEM Academy, has resigned. Now, uh, let me give you a little background on this one. There's kind of a, a video that's going around. I hesitate to call them viral because the bar for viral has really lowered to a few thousand people saw it. But uh, this this one has really been going around quite a lot. So basically what was happening is there was some Christian pro-life teenagers who were holding signs on a public sidewalk near this school, not on school property, on the public sidewalk. And he gave them a really hard time. It says that he was uh, shown arguing and cursing at teenage pro-lifers outside the school. He had been on unpaid leave since the April confrontation. The school district says it would like to put this terribly unfortunate incident in the past. Um, uh, the uh, video was recorded during an altercation with those protesters who are on a public sidewalk, and he ordered them to leave, which obviously... They didn't because they knew they knew they were within their rights to be there. But it's a pretty horrifying video, not a PG rated video because of the, the content of what this guy says. But it's a little bit revealing of the mindset of people who are um, who have lost their uh, uh, grip on what is proper because of their uh, belief in, in one particular view of. Uh, life and uh, hmm. so it's a it's a I did I saw an interview with the teenagers that he confronted as well and they mentioned several times you know we were trying to witness to people about the gospel of Jesus Christ and we were also uh, you know we also had just mentioned abortion and they actually were quite interesting because they they were talking about um, they said they were abolitionists which I thought was an interesting way to phrase it they said we're not pro-life we're abolitionists. 
Hmm. We're for the abolition of abortion. Yep. Yep. I know there's a movement now amongst many Christians called the End Abortion Now or Stop Abortion Now movement. And it's interesting that they were outside of the Philadelphia STEM Institute, which would be science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Right. So, you know, um, uh, supposed to be uh, open for reason and, um, you know, but it, it, yeah. what would what would be the the uh, danger of someone discussing religion or morals well, when you're a science teacher? You know, this is a scientific question right. about the question of life, and uh, it's uh, it was an anti scientific response. Yes, right, right. So yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It is. Well, thanks a lot, Chris. And you get a lot of those news articles from our SRN News website, right? Yeah, SRNnews.com. And again, some of these, I rewrite these a little bit, but they're from, they're usually from Reuters or from AP and and a lot of the stories that come from SRN are from yeah. those wires. And so. we have the SRN News at the top of every hour. Uh, even when we don't have someone in studio, the SRN News updates on our radio station. So if you want to listen to the SRN News every hour, Right at the top of the hour, you can catch uh, Salem Radio Network News. That's what SRN stands for. Yep. So I, thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate the the time and the energy, and I hope you have a great weekend. And, oh, by the way, Chris, we did get a text from one of our faithful listeners, CW, and he asked me if you like the smell of hay and horse manure. Uh, I didn't grow up in a particularly rural area, so I, I kind of I understand what he's saying there, but I don't. I don't, it's not something not that does anything for me. I just say, what's that smell? Yeah. And yeah. that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's where where it is, you know. Yeah. Like, if it's on your boot, not so much. If it's in the field and there's beautiful horses running past, maybe. I, I kind of like that smell. I mean, if sure. I had to be around it all the time, maybe not. But went to a lot of camps as a kid where they had husbandry and things like that, where there was horsemanship. And and so it, it does bring back some fondness, again, if if that was my whole life. I don't know if I'd enjoy it as much as, you know, the nostalgia of it. So right. anyway, thanks CW for uh, sending in that message. A lot of our listeners actually send in content. And so we want to encourage our listeners to always be participating with us by going to our Facebook page, Harvest Family Radio. Love to hear from you. Chris, have a great weekend. You too. And uh, listeners, before we take, you know what, we're going to just go ahead and take a short break right now. Because if we do, then when we come back, I can give you a few Articles that I've come across this week, a little stranger than fiction, some things that are kind of interesting to me. I found some interesting stories this week, and I want to talk a little bit about commencement and baccalaureates and and end with uh, some statements from one of the most famous commencement addresses in the last 20 years uh, from Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. So stick around a little more live till five after this short break. Walk with me, walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me, while I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back. It's 4.48 p.m. on Friday, May 19th. This is Live Till 5 here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. This is episode 216. 
every Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. live here on 88.1 FM. We have a way for you to listen on the weekend. If you miss the broadcast, you can catch us on The Rebound listening noon to 2 on Saturdays or 7 to 9 p.m. on Sunday nights on 88.1 FM or khmg.org through our live stream. You can also download the podcast shortly after we're done with each episode. We upload it to SoundCloud and various other ways you can download it. Just go to khmg.org and find out more. Do your kids and grandkids and students know how to read an analog clock? You notice most kids don't wear watches anymore. Matter of fact, I got to admit, the only reason I wear a watch is it has a heart rate monitor and a step counter. Because I can see my time on, yes, my cell phone. So I don't really need to have a watch with me. According to World Magazine, dispatches quick takes. Kids these days can't read clocks. That's the conclusion of the Boys and Girls Club of Oklahoma City, which ran a special after-school program uh, March 10th to confront the issue. Volunteers with the program worked with local students as they struggled to correctly identify the time on an analog clock. Only one in five Oklahoma City kids ages 6 to 12 are able to tell the time according to a survey that they took. Very interesting. How about this one from the same page on the in this periodical, World Magazine. By the way, if you're ever going to subscribe to a Christian periodical, Answers in Genesis has Answers Magazine. It's excellent. World Magazine is also excellent. I would recommend it highly. Get a lot of good material from there. There's some other good ones out there. Outreach Magazine's decent. Uh, But I really enjoy those two. Chinese investors, California developers, and a New Jersey millionaire are among the many bidding to purchase an entire town in Douglas County, Oregon. In March, listing agent Garrett Zoller publicized the sale of a 250-acre plot known as Tiller, Oregon. The land abuts the South Umpqua Umpqua River and comes with a post office, school, general store, and about $2 million Board feet of timber. Zoller says he's, the asking price is $3.85 million. That really doesn't sound like that much for all of that. I think we did a story uh, last year that PC had gotten me aware of. I think it was about a year ago in the summer. About a town in Oregon that was bought by a cult. And uh, ended up, they poisoned the water supply of, a, of some of the neighboring farmers. And then, of course, they got arrested. Now it's a ghost town. Uh, let's see. Chickens for charity. Hearing about the plight of frigid chickens at a nearby estate, the Massachusetts Knitting Club, Knitting, K-N-I-T-T-I-N-G, Knitting Club, turned its effort toward making sweaters for the birds. The ladies from the Fuller Village Retirement Home in Milton, Massachusetts, started knitting outerwear for the chickens of Wakefield Estate months ago to help them bear the cold New England winter. According to an official at the estate, egg production leaped thanks to additional layers of warmth. The Knitting Club is now looking for a new project, but will likely pass on a proposal to make blankets for elephants at an Indian refuge. Hmm, interesting. And finally, from World Magazine, it may have been the first Supreme Court nomination hearing to, for him to preside over, but Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley didn't want to upset his schedule. The 83-year-old Republican chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee handed over his gavel at 8 p.m., on March 21st to North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis. His reason? Grassley has a 9 p.m. bedtime. And even the marathon hearings for the Supreme Court nominee, Neil Gorsuch, would not deter him. Grassley says the discipline of an early bedtime enables him to wake up at 4 a.m. and run 
three miles. A couple amazing things about that story. First off, he's 83 years old, people. Secondly, he goes to bed at 9 p.m., people. And third, he gets up at 4 a.m. And fourth, he runs three miles and he's 83 years old. Wow. Speaking of sleeping, this is from the Today If I Found Out.com site. Fact number 971. There's a very rare medical syndrome nicknamed Sleeping Beauty Syndrome and technically called Klein Levine Syndrome. The person suffering from the disorder will have periods of several days to a few weeks where they suddenly become excessively sleepy, often sleeping 16 to 20 hours per day. Sounds like adolescent teenage boys. They also become extremely hungry again. Hmm. Gorging themselves when awake. Sounds like teenage boys again. Some have difficulty remembering anything they did during the episode. Again, why do they call it sleeping beauty? They should call it teenage boys disease. They also can be delusional and have other cognitive difficulties, sometimes later reporting having experienced uh, the world as if it was a dream. Do any of our middle school or high school teachers relate to this? Anyway, occasionally, generally with males, they can be extremely uninhibited and uh, sometimes gets them in trouble with the law. They also sometimes feel uh, and act lethargic as well as experience hallucinations, extreme depression, among other symptoms. I'm sure if this is really happens, it's a very difficult thing. So please, if you've had Sleeping Beauty Syndrome or as it's known, Klein-Levine Syndrome, please do not be offended by my satire. Uh, oddly, as they grow into adulthood, the syndrome eventually goes away completely for about 90% of those who suffer from this condition. In between the episodes, the people are completely normal with no symptoms. Those where the condition doesn't go away, it tends to become much milder as they age. What causes sleeping beauty syndrome isn't known, and the general treatment is to simply monitor the person closely during episodes so they don't get themselves into trouble or do something unsafe. So I thought that would tie into the Senator Grassley story. Do you know pomp and circumstance, the phrase actually comes from Shakespeare? Pride, pomp, and circumstance of glorious war from Othello. Shakespeare uses that phrase, pomp and circumstance. Well, Sir Edward Elgar composed the song, Pomp and Circumstance, in 1901, and it wasn't originally intended for graduations. Elgar's march was used for the coronation of King Edward VII. It first became associated with graduation in 1905 when it was played at... El when Elgar received an honorary doctorate from Yale University in 1905, but it was played as a recessional, not a processional, at the ceremony. You ever wonder what a bachelor's degree is, by the way? Well, bachelor's, academic degree conferred by a college or university upon those who complete an undergraduate curriculum, also called a baccalaureate. So a baccalaureate service is synonymous with a bachelor's service. It's usually a Christian service, sometimes Catholic, but basically, it's a celebration that honors graduating seniors from a college or high school or even eighth grade. The service is held within a few days of graduation and or commencement ceremony, perhaps on the Sunday before the day preceding or immediately preceding graduation. Speakers selected tend to be community leaders, faculty members, students, or local religious leaders and may be elected by the graduating class. Speeches are often intermixed with musical performances, drama, and worship. Baccalaureate addresses can range in length from half an hour to as long as four hours. A very famous baccalaureate service song, A Parting Hymn, that was written to his class of fellow students at Andover 
included in the Hymns of the Faith in Boston 1887, and since it's appeared in several collections of hymnals, was Ernest Warburton's song, Lead On, O King Eternal. And uh, you've heard that song, and oftentimes you'll hear that played at a Christian graduation or Christian commencement. This year, there are many famous people speaking at commencements. Wolf Blitzer at, uh, at High Point University, Howard Schultz from Starbucks at Arizona State, Deepak Chopra speaking at Southern California, Will Farrell spoke at USC, Guy Fieri at UMass, Sheryl Sandberg, Facebook COO, Virginia Tech, Arnold Schwartz, Schwarzenegger, Houston University, Nick Offerman, a comedian, University of Illinois, Katherine Johnson, she's the physicist from Hidden Figures, Hampton University, Michael Bloomberg at Villanova, Billie Jean King, Northwestern, James Leitner, McDaniel College, Helen Mirren, Tulane, Oprah Winfrey at Smith and at Skidmore, Joe Biden at Colby College, Fareed Zachariah, Zachariah Bucknell, Mark Zuckerberg speaking at Harvest, Hillary Clinton at Wellesley, and Joe Biden again at Cornell. The Dalai Lama is speaking at USC, UC San Diego, and Tim Cook, Apple CEO, speaking at MIT. But the most famous speaker at a graduation is right here on our campus tonight, Kevin Inafuku. Pastor Kevin Inafuku, music director of Harvest Christian Academy, pastor at Harvest Baptist Church, one of the assistant pastors, been here for 14 years. What a blessing. And uh, he's speaking at Harvest Christian Academy graduation tonight. I was just looking back at one of the most famous graduation speeches, commencement addresses, uh, in recent history, and this is by Steve Jobs' 2005 Stanford commencement address, and I can't read the whole thing by any means, but this is, he had found out he had had cancer, and he was facing cancer and then cancer recovery. Let me just read you a little excerpt here. About a year ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. This is Steve Jobs, founder of Apple. I had a scan at 7.30 in the morning, and it clearly showed a tumor on my pancreas. I didn't even know what a pancreas was. The doctor told me it was almost certainly a type of cancer that is incurable, and I should expect to live no longer than three to six months. My doctor advised me to go home and get my affairs in order, which is doctor's code for prepare to die. He goes on later on and says, no one wants to die. Even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there, and yet death is the destination we all share. No one has ever escaped it. And he goes on and kind of gives his philosophy of life and death. But my point is, he is abs- he was absolutely right. Now, you know, he did go on and pass away as a result of cancer. But I think it's a good point for us to remember. As we go through these times of where we memorialize a graduation, a commencement, a baccalaureate service, weddings, births of children, birthdays. We also know that a big event in life is a funeral. We have friends that are uh, mourning the loss of loved ones even this weekend. And as you look at that imminent opportunity, something that is going to happen to every one of us, that point where we're no longer on this earth, where we breathe our last. Let me just ask you, what happens after that? What happens after you die? Do you know that if you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, believe in him, place your faith in him, he will forgive you of your sins, and you can have your eternity guaranteed in heaven. 
and it's I know it's such a short time and I can't explain it all, but if that at all sparks an interest in you, please contact us through Facebook, Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. Send us a personal message. Come visit us at church this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. is our Adult Bible Fellowships. 10.30 a.m. is our morning worship service. Come see me, Jared Baldwin. I'm one of the pastors here at Harvest Baptist Church. I'd love to talk to more to you more about what happens when this life is over. This life being over on this earth is not the end. And I would love to share that with you. But I don't have enough time today to finish that thought. Just want to encourage you. Have a great weekend. And this has been a fun two hours. This is Live Till 5 on Friday, May 19th. Catch us on the rebound noon to 2, Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. As I look out the window, I see a line building up in front of our Family Life Center for tonight's 2017 commencement. Congratulations to all you HCA and HBBC seniors. This is Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Have a great weekend.